What is going on, everybody? This episode of the Golf Guide podcast is brought to you by GolfGuide.net. GolfGuide.net is undergoing a little bit of a renovation right now. We're actually building a brand new website from scratch. It should be launching sometime in uh, mid-April. Some super exciting stuff in the mix here. Um, We're going to have a brand new directory where you can search for golf using pretty much whatever parameters you want, which will ensure that you find exactly the kind of golf course that you're looking for. Uh, But until that does happen, in the meantime, you can visit golfguide.net as it is currently available, uh, where you can buy uh, green fees to courses all over California, a few in Oregon and a few in Nevada, uh, for anywhere from 20 to 30 to 70% off. So uh, visit golfguide.net, check out the store, buy some green fees, lock in some low prices, and uh, yeah, go out and enjoy yourself some uh, some time out on the golf course. And without any further delay, I bring to you another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. and his girlfriend are shipping off to Thailand for a month for vacation. Good for them. That sounds fucking awesome. Luke is a world traveler. So Luke's been to Thailand before and his girlfriend hasn't. So anyway, on the way back, they have a full day layover in Seoul. No kidding. So I did mention to Luke, I was with him last night, that... uh, a person to talk to about maybe the best way to spend 24 hours in South Korea could be yours truly. I I would be happy to help him out. That, yeah, you that, think you have the info for him? I have a decent amount of good information that I can pass along. A nice romantic and or party-filled and or cultural day in Seoul? Anything he wanted, that, that city has it on offer. It's Excellent. It's yeah, it's pretty good. It'll be at the tail end of a month in Thailand. They'll either be exhausted or very rested. So I don't know. Mm, maybe a little both. That, that's totally possible in Thailand. That's how I felt when I came back. But I mean, I had a six-hour layover when we came back. They have a day you know, somehow. So so yeah, dude, they'll, they'll plenty of good stuff. Anyways, so Luke might reach out to you. Totally fine. That sounds awesome. I look forward to, to hearing from him. That'd be sweet. Are we on the air? I mean, we can be. I mean, we're recording, but we can start whenever we want. All right. Well, you uh, you man the ship here. I mean, and people probably don't want to care, listen to that discussion. So let's <laughs> I, let's I, get going. I can cut out whatever I want. Well, you know you know what's weird is that every single week when we do this, I start off the podcast by saying, oh, man, it's just so good to be here, yada, yada, yada. But to this week more than ever, I told you when you walked in the door. I'm just so excited for you to be here. This is oh, so well, great. You're, you're way too nice. Thank oh. you, Kyle. I mean, we I don't do, know what I'm doing. We we do but. this after a round of golf. You know, where we, you know anybody who's listening to this does it with a round of golf. They get a chance to go play with a friend. But, you know, just sitting here drinking beer and talking about golf and whatever the fuck else we want. It's just it's just so great. And this is our our latest in the evening broadcast. And it's it a nice little vibe. It's a cool way to wind down the day. The whole world is sleeping around us and we are here talking about golf it's it's very chilled out it's mm. it's very very good um dude i we're gonna have a good good little podcast today i got some good stuff to talk about i got a couple Terrific. topics i wanted to bring up with you we had a good tournament last weekend well 
depending on who you like, it I, was a good tournament. It was a great tournament. I don't care about Adam Scott, but it was still a great tournament. You know that leaderboard. This is what the nice thing about the WGC is they they limit the field to mostly really studly type players, mm -hmm. no cut. Mm -hmm. So you're guaranteed, for the most part, a pretty excellent leaderboard there going into the final couple of days. I have my problems with that golf course, but in terms of the tournament, it's a great tournament. The way they do the field, it, it's masters-ish. It is slightly, it's just, I never, it's been a couple of years since I watched that tournament because I've been, you know, out of the country without access to watching golf pretty much up until last summer. And that was the first time I had watched the tournament at Doral in probably four or five years. I forgot how just fucking brutal that golf course is. That golf course made the best players in the world look like fucking chimps, dude. It was did arm, you, arms dragging on the fucking ground, fucking just, just did knuck, you, knuckles running across the fucking grass. It's Those guys were dumbfounded. I, I couldn't believe how helpless most of them looked out there. And then to think of what I would have done on that golf course, just... Oh, forget it. It was unsavory to think of. It, forget <laughs> it. it was, that golf course is a triple-digit guarantee oh, fuck for yeah. anybody like you or me. But did you see what um, Stephen Bowditch did? Is that the 37-over guy? I don't know if he was 37-over <laughs> or not, but he's a good player. He was a fantasy darling last year Okay, uh, as a kind of an under-heralded player who made a lot of birdies. I don't know what the state of his game is. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he is uh, in a in a suicidal death spiral in his personal life. I have no idea what's going on. He shot, and this is the first time this has happened in I think twenty five or thirty years. Mm -hmm. He sh he posted four rounds because it's no cut event. Four rounds in the eighties. Yes, that was him. Stephen Bowditch ended up shooting thirty seven over par for the tournament, and it was the first player ever to shoot over eighty in all four rounds. Staggering. <laughs> Incredible, and, and it's a, the right golf course to do it on. I'm not even that, I'm not even that upset with him to do it at this golf course. I I would shoot four rounds in the hundred and tens. You know what the best part about it is? Is because it was a no cut event. The dude shoots thirty seven over for the tournament on day four on Sunday. He goes out first, and it just gives so few fucks that he just plays his entire round in like three and a half hours, and then just gets the fuck out of there and leaves. Doesn't wait around for anything like that. I don't remember exactly what the figure was, but. Homeboy still made like forty thousand plus dollars last weekend. Now, if he how, like how he, incredible is that? That is really great. <laughs> if he had withdrawn, would he not have gotten paid? I don't believe so. So I think so that's just, why he stayed. Yeah, he just finished, <laughs> just nutted his round out. It was like most, fuck most, it. Most of these PGA guys, I think they would usually trade a day for forty grand, but uh, he didn't do mm -hmm. that. Maybe it's an honor thing. He didn't want to withdraw just because yeah. he was playing poorly. But uh, you know, Stephen Bowditch, if you had gone around to these fantasy golf people at the end of last season, there were a couple of names that kept popping up that were sexy picks in practically every tournament, obviously mm -hmm. like Brooks Kepka and Tony Finau guys that are, are really studly players, Sure, but you get a little lower and Justin Thomas, but then you get to guys like, uh, Stephen Bowditch. I mean, he always had a low number. He has a, a ditch in his name, so he doesn't <laughs> seem like he could be good. And, and uh, uh, the and dish digger. He he did a great job for a lot of guys with their fantasy teams last year. So uh, huh. I I don't know what the hell happened to that guy. I, wh where is he from again? Do you remember? Australia. He's he's an Australian. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it was just so interesting. Now, did you get a chance to watch the final round on Sunday? Very much of the final round. I okay, that, that was oddly and sadly the, the one round that I didn't actually watch a whole lot of. I, when, it, when, it was, when it switched from the Golf Channel broadcast to the the CBS broadcast or whatever it was, I, I, lost, uh, I lost access on my iPad. So, oh, my God. And then I ended up just going and doing some other stuff on Sunday. But, I mean, I followed it on my phone and social media. And what the fuck happened to Rory? Hmm. I mean, it's a great win by Adam Scott, but Rory, he just, he, he was in the driver's seat. And he this was, is, he, he looked so good on fucking Friday. The guy had 23 putts. He shoots seven under at the Blue Monster. Coast has, an, you know, shoots another couple under par on I Saturday. Think, He's looking good. And, and then all of a sudden I just look and all of a sudden... He's, I, I don't remember. He's out. Adam I don't Scott rem- wins. I don't remember enough about why Rory played poorly on Sunday, but he, like you said, he rode a really blazingly hot putter yeah. into the lead, mm-hmm. which makes you think that what probably happened is that the putts just stopped going in. Yeah. But. He probably was hitting the ball okay, you know, hitting a, a normal number of fairways for him and maybe a normal number of greens, but not that close to the hole. And then all of a sudden you miss a couple of five footers or you you don't make the twenty footers and lo and behold you go from three under to to two over and that's enough to lose the tournament. I don't I don't remember what he shot on Sunday. It wasn't horrible, but I'm sure he didn't have a low number of putts. Hmm. Interesting. I mean And Rory I, I, and I that's guess. the thing I, with Rory. Rory Rory is not a guy who goes you know, bogey free forever. No, he's a bit of a swashbuckling player. <laughs> yep. He hits the ball so far Very that he accurate. can get himself in trouble. He's a really good putter, but he's not as good as Jordan Spieth or anything like that. He'll he'll miss putts from time to time. Jordan wasn't dropping a lot of putts this past weekend either. Oh my god, what what's I saw. going on with him? <sighs> Again, I, I saw something online. I might have to I, take I'm back. Way too dumb to remember any of the actual specifics, but I did see online that. You know, despite his recent struggles, that he actually feels pretty good going to the Valspar this weekend, and he's still Tiger felt pretty good going into surgery every one of these last few times. So, I don't know about feeling very good. What that matters? Uh, I, I have no explanation. It, it. We, we talked about it. We before. talked. We speculated La, before. Last year, his putting was so good, and the same thing with Rory this last weekend. It, it just seems like he's not necessarily playing that differently. He's just not making all the putts we were used to seeing. What you know, making last year. It's not only that Spieth isn't necessarily making the putts. I saw a couple of putts from him that were ghastly. Yeah. Uh, by his standards, I mean they're they're good by my standards, <laughs> but they're ghastly by his. They weren't. He usually burns edges and gets speed perfect, even when he misses a putt. Because right. he, I don't know what skill he has, but it it seems supernatural. But he was missing mid range putts by uh, he was misreading them. Yeah, uh, clearly they were they were low and missing by a, a hole. He was mi- he was missing putts by two three balls. That's right. On- on the low side too, which means he's not—he's not even really—he's not—he's not even getting it there. I have to think, have to think. It's a course he's played before. It has to be concentration, energy. I think he must still be running on empty. He's going to the Valspar this which week, which I thought was an interesting move. Well, he is the defending champion. Yeah. So he obviously decided that uh, a lot of people saying that this is where he's going to get his groove back because he's won there before. It very well could be. Mm-hmm. It's a weaker field. So that already puts him in better position. And then all the good vibes, the chatter about whether or not he is going to be good at the Masters, the weak finishes by his standards lately. Mm-hmm. 
it's not that long ago that he crushed the field in Hawaii. I do question his scheduling. Mm-hmm. And he's coming off some draining events. and But, he, you know, he could certainly win this week and, and uh, put all this speculation to bed. He's still the co-favorite, I think, in Vegas for Masters mm-hmm. with McElroy. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm excited about this Valspar tournament. The Valspar tournament will be very fun. Um, it's Copperhead, right? Yeah, Innisbrook, yeah. Okay, Innisbrook. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. You think Spieth? I like that course better than Doral and uh, PGA National. Yeah, yeah, it's a better course. Okay, yeah, I can do that now. You did mention Augusta. I don't think anybody that's ever listened to this podcast mentioned it ever doesn't know that we're not huge fanboys of the Masters. Our our favorite weekend in all of sport is coming up in about twenty six, twenty seven days from now. If the North Koreans bombed us tomorrow and we did a podcast the day after tomorrow, I would talk about the Masters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which there's there's a little bit of controversy going on now. I, I don't know how familiar you are with this, but if you're not, I'm actually kind of interested to hear your opinion on this. And if any of the people that are listening to this have not heard about it, it'll be an, interesting for them as well. So we talked about this before how they're thinking about lengthening the 13th hole, mm-hmm. and the way they're thinking about doing this is by moving just moving the tee box back a little bit so people can't you know cut that corner the way your Bubba Watson did. You know, and, and have a fucking six iron in the green on a par five. Oh, it was it was a nine iron. It was a nine yeah. iron. Excuse me. Please. So, so they're thinking about moving the tee boxes back now. I I've never been to Augusta. Have you been to Augusta? Oh I'm, yeah. No, I, 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 I mean, forgot to mention. No, no, no. That. no the, the 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 town or you know. No, I, I certainly haven't. Okay, so right behind that thirteenth hole or the thirteenth tee is the property line. Right behind it, on the other side of the property line is Augusta Country Club. It must suck to be Augusta Country Club, by the way. I mean, I'm sure it's a nice course, but Augusta National is literally on the other side of that fence. And you're not playing there. But anyway, I digress. So they want to move the tee back, which if they wanted to do that, it would mean they would need to be buying some property from Augusta Country Club. Property that's worked into one of like the green or tee complexes at their course. So... Here's what's happened. Augusta has made them an offer. Augusta National, I should say, has made them an offer. And this is all according to Ron Witten uh, on his Twitter feed. And Ron Witten is the lead golf architecture writer for Golf Digest. And he's he's got a little bit of information on this, and it's just so fascinating. So he heard that Augusta National offered Augusta Country Club $10 million for just this little extra pushback of land, okay? Now... They would pay $10 million to Augusta Country Club, and they would agree to send their crews in to build them a new golf hole to finish out and make sure that it's a full eight, still a full 18. So $10 million, plus they'll pay all of the inconvenience of moving the land back, altering the golf hole, and they'll build them a brand new hole and complex around the hole as well. Or they offered them $13 million just for the room, and they could do everything else themselves. How big is the land? They're asking for 50 or probably about 70 yards of land into their property. Not that wide. It would be like the corner part of the Augusta Country Club property. Wow. I mean, it's obviously a premium. This is what happens when one person needs it really badly and the other side knows it. The price gets inflated. So, And obviously they're intruding on a, a valuable use of the rest of the land. 
Now you are you are a man who you know speaks lawyer. Now mm. this is what reportedly Augusta National offered to Augusta Country Club to be able to take over what is probably I don't know how many you know tens of thousands of square feet of their property, but maybe not even tens. Yeah, yeah. not that not all that much. Okay, they're just trying to push the tee back another fifty yards, and that's it. Mm-hmm. What do you think Augusta Country Club's rebuttal slash counteroffer was? They're in the driver's seat and they know it. So that's the problem. Uh, I'm sure it was a vastly larger number. It was whoever did the negotiation for Augusta National. This is what happens with Augusta National. They have so much clout that they are accustomed to proposing things, sometimes that aren't even necessarily in their best financial interests. This is certainly not in their best financial interest. And, and, and not getting any pushback. You know, they dictate the broadcast. Mm -hmm. They dictate, they got David Faraday kicked off the broadcast team for a remark that he made in... What what, what did he say again? I can't remember. The the story goes that David Faraday was on the broadcast and he said something like the Greens were uh, as fast, they they, they were so slick it's like they got a bikini wax. That was the comment. (laughs) And... He was gone. He's not so been back. PG. He has not been back to the Masters since then. It's been like a decade. So wow. the bottom That's line is so that sad. they're used to kind of having their way. Okay. So they probably, and they have a ton of money, so they probably threw out a pretty big money offer and thought it would just be accepted because they are who they are. But, you know, the redheaded the stepchild. It's the first time the stepchild gets back. Like, Fuck not, dude. That's it. And they should. If they had been like any other person in America in a in a negotiation, they should have lowballed it and started with an insultingly low amount of money mm-hmm. because then the counter wouldn't have been, I'm sure, as high as the number you're about to sell me. Well, the, I'm going to guess it was probably like fifty. That that is high. That that is high. Because fuck them. Well, this again. This is from Ron Witten's Twitter feed, and this was posted on the first of this month, uh, and he said the counter offer is according to a unverified but credible source so take that with a grain of salt he's told that augusta country club countered and asked for 34 million yeah yeah plus an undisclosed number of master's tickets oh that's great (laughs) master's tickets oh that's terrific master's Uh, tickets that is wonderful um (laughs) thoughts thoughts on the 34 million dollar counter offer and a request for a savage amount of tickets. It, maybe maybe even like a booth on the 18th it, hole or it, something it, like that sounds, if they did that. It sounds to me like Augusta's lawyers or or brokers, whoever's doing this, made a mistake <laughs> going that high so? to begin with. Yeah. This is land in Georgia. It, it shouldn't cost all that much money. The real issue in this thing is not the land. It is the disruption to the course that is going to happen for Augusta Country Club. They've got membership. And they're going to have to have a whole green tea area redone and, mm-hmm. and rerouted. They could potentially lose members over it. They, there could be a loss of play. That must be the issue. Well, so again, this is uh, this is the last thing that I'll mention about this. So Ron Witten, the guy who's kind of providing this information to us, he's, again, the lead architecture writer for Golf Digest. He actually was one of the co-architects of Aaron Hills, mm-hmm. which is going to host the Open in next year, is it? The U.S. Open next year? Aaron Hills in Wisconsin? You're after next, I think. You're after next? Okay, so... I don't know. Um, his is... He says, this is his advice. Don't lengthen the tee shot on 13. He said, there's room behind the 13 green to replicate a creek and the green 
about a 50 yards further back than it is right now. Oh, up on the hillside? So he is he is suggesting Wrong. just completely... Wait a minute, replicate, to replicate the creek? Replicate the creek and the green set another 50 yards back. I don't know how you replicate the creek. You you just dig just, a channel and, and... Yeah, they just reroute it. I mean, you got to understand a lot. Most of the water hazards on that golf course are man-made. Yeah, they they built them and they can they could change them and replicate them somewhere else and probably make it pretty close to what it is. But it is weird to think about them building a completely new green complex, and just you, you can't possibly have it be identical to the one that there is right now, can you? Or maybe you can. I I, I don't know. That green is great. Yeah, it's great the way it is. If they could recreate it, then that's fine. But that green already has this weird eerie. Well, this cuts both ways. Mm-hmm. The, the green on that hole already has this weird thing where there are no spectators around it. The The closest spectators are the ones that are behind the tee on... On uh, on 12. On t- well... From from the tee, you, you say, or from uh, on the green? I'm trying to remember which spectators they are. I mean, it's not even 12 because that's the hole before it. So. Part three. Yeah. So, so. Pe- people get to the, on that little peninsula almost that like looks from the tee shot on 12, and then they, they can't cross the creek. They're just looking at everything from... All the way over where the you know the T is on twelve, and then they're also yeah, that's right there whole, on the right side of yeah, thirteen as well. So they can't actually get close to where the T shot is. But are you talking about well, the T shot? Well, up at the up at the green on thirteen. Okay, there are no spectators around it. Uh, in many of the rounds, in all the rounds, you even for you know eagle putts and this and that, a guy will make one, and the, there's either no reaction because it's a sparsely attended kind of ra- like it's the beginning of Thursday. Mm-hmm. Or even on Sunday, it's just the the spectators aren't around that green. They're hundreds of yards away, so or at least a hundred. Mm-hmm. So, moving it up into the hillside, another fifty, eighty yards, the spectators would not even know what the fuck's going on up there. <laughs> they get to watch a scoreboard. Great. <laughs> uh, so, There's enough other great shit to watch at Augusta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> part of the that's d- coming from somebody that's never actually been or attended the Masters in person. So, <laughs> I have a Masters hat. So close enough. Yeah, yeah, and a pimento sandwich. No, <laughs> um, I th- I wouldn't support that whole theory. I think it would be better to sharpen the corner somehow if they could figure out a way to do that. Like, yeah, even e- even planting a tree at the corner. The problem with that hole is the cutting of the corner. It's not the length. Yeah. Um. It's a dog leg. You're supposed to get it. It's the, a the heavy, length, severe dog leg. I the, mean, the, yeah, the length is supposed, and, and it's a dog leg with with jail through the fairway. So it's mm-hmm. supposed to uh, account for its relative shortness by making you not hit a full driver. And the problem is these lefties and these draw guys who pound it over the corner. The the way Bubba Watson treated that hole is the entire reason that this discussion even exists. Isn't it kind of great, though? Like, why change this one hole that there's all of a sudden this this one part of the golf course where somebody can very, very likely just gain two strokes, boom, and just change everything on that's the back the whole, nine? That's the whole reason. I mean... It's kind of exciting, isn't it? I don't know if it's exciting. Or, or does it just give too much of an of an advantage to guys like Bubba that can hit the ball a long, long way where it almost becomes an uncompetitive, that, unfair advantage? I think it's it, that's it. The hole is, and it and it defies the design of the hole. It's meant to be played as a dog leg, and he's not playing it as a dog leg. Quite frankly, he's just <laughs> playing it as a 
as a straight. He's playing it straight. He's See, playing the hole as if there's no dog. You know leg what, at Bobby all. Jones? You know what, Austin McKenzie? Fuck your couch. And it's yeah, I had right. it right over the dog leg. And, and, and of course, you know, cutting the corner on a dog leg that is an advantage of being a long hitter. There's mm-hmm. nothing different about this hole than any other hole. But it's late in the Masters, and I it, it, I guess it rubs people the wrong way. Is fairness matter? Uh, but you know, the, I also don't know exactly how they would put something to sharpen the corner there because the creek is in between the woods and the rough and the fairway. So to have a tree that would make a difference for a tee shot, it would have to go right in front of the tee box, mm-hmm. or it would have to go out in the fairway on the right side of the creek, which would look very strange. But hey. Uh, Hmm. I'm I'm all for creative solutions. They've they've manhandled that golf course like nobody's business. That so. golf course is almost unrecognizable from what it probably was when they first built it. Yeah. So it's exciting. It is exciting. Well, yeah. You know, and and who needs Bubba to have more success? <laughs> is the other point. That is that is a very fair point. I mean, I think yeah, hasn't he won enough Masters? Does he really I saw, need to win anymore? I, speaking of lists, you're the list guy, but I saw a Golf Digest list about who should be favored at Augusta, and it's mostly the favorites, of course. But sure. number one on their list, I think it was in order, was Bubba, even though in Vegas he's the fourth favorite or third mm-hmm. or fourth. He totally should be. He's he, playing great golf right now. And like I said last time, he's always a good bet at Augusta, no did, matter what the odds are. Did he just finish second at Doral last weekend? I believe so. Yeah. I mean, dude, the, guy, the guy's playing unbelievable golf right now. If I... If I had to put money on anybody right now to win, regardless of odds, yes, it'd be tough to not put your money on Bubba right yeah, now. When no, nobody's playing better than he is right now, I guess, outside of Adam Scott, who I, I guess if it, if it was this weekend, there'd be an argument, a serious argument to be made for Adam Scott, but probably would still put my money on Bubba. Adam Scott's golf game is starting to get uh, as stellar as his, as his appearance, <laughs> physically, <laughs> which, uh, you know, <laughs> it hasn't been the case for a long time. Yeah. But you know, it, it's more more ammo for these long putter people that you know you really don't need that. Just get get a short putter. Yeah, come on. Interesting. Very anyway. very interesting. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on here just yes, a little bit. Of course. So here's uh, the first thing that I wanted to bring up with you, and this is going to be kind of the main part of the podcast here tonight. So I had this idea, and I think I thought I'd run it by you because I had mentioned something about this maybe a couple of weeks ago with the Masters coming up. It's your favorite golf tournament. It's my favorite golf tournament. But let's say you got to play PGA Tour Commissioner. All right? Oh, my God. This is so much fun to think about. Yeah, go ahead. So you have been tasked with creating one additional golf tournament. You say, Kasem, as a PGA Tour Commissioner, you get to create one tournament that will be as big as we want it to. We'll pub it, you know, pub it up like a major. You get to come up with everything. The location the format, the length, anything you want. What I want to do is I want to sit down with you and I want to create the perfect golf tournament that can't be Augusta. Something that would people would see as big of an idea, you know, as big of a, you know, tournament as a Masters or maybe not even you could almost like a way to fix maybe the FedEx Tour playoffs. Something along those lines. Let's think of the perfect golf tournament. Damn. Now, the only restriction is because we can't choose Augusta because that's our favorite right now. It cannot take place at Augusta National. <laughs> sure. Okay, Jesus. It's not allowed. But you get to choose the format, the location, how long does it take, you know, who, you know, who is the field, anything you want. Let's let's see if we can come up with 
What is your perfect golf tournament? And we're going to do it for the PGA. And then I might even ask for like, you know, amateurs, if somebody's like setting up a tournament for themselves, what might be your favorite, you know, format of tournament to play as far as like amateurs go, if you're just playing like in a charity tournament or something like that. But the real question is on the PGA tour, first things first. Oh my God. I guess the first question I'll ask is locations. Maybe just come up with a couple of locations that are not Augusta that you think would be really riveting, great golf that would provide a lot of drama. I mean, there's always, um, there's of course the usual suspects. There are. I mean, wh- how am I going to deviate from the usual suspects? I mean, you, and that, that that's perfectly okay. Yeah. Now, some people would argue, it's, for instance, let's say you go to Cypress Point because well, it has that incredibly dramatic ending where you know you're all playing those fat last couple holes on the coast. It's just incredible. Sixty eight hundred yards though. Right? Sixty six hundred yards. Oh my! Can they do it there? No. And there's no. no spectator room there. Same goes for Pine Valley. Pine Valley's not very long either. And there's nowhere to stand. It's just woods. Right. Um, right. Yeah, Jesus. Um, so you'd have to default to okay, one I've, of those I've, other ones where that... The, I have the, a thought. It's not even my favorite golf course, but for some reason it always works for spectators. I, I've got a, I've got an, initi- an initial thought. Okay. Sure. Uh, Bethpage Black. Okay. It has always cranked out enjoyable tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fans love it. It's next to a major metropolitan area. You get that whole... That whole vibe out of that. It's less pretentious than a lot of golf can be sometimes for mm-hmm. the public. Uh, you know, the, the whole media market thing is good for the game. In terms of format, I mean, 72-hole stroke play, what's the problem with that? There's nothing wrong with that. That, that, could, that could be it. It could just be another golf, you know, another tournament like all the others on the tournament calendar. At Bethpage Black, and it would probably be a fantastic, beautifully wonderful golf tournament. So you you, you wouldn't uh, you think it's perfect just the way it is? It's not that it's perfect the way it is necessarily. It's that I can't come up with a better idea. I mean, you think of the other formats that people play. So I'm, I'm it, gonna throw this out here to you real quick before you jump into. Yeah, go ahead, please. This can be as long as you want. If you want this, well, if you want this to be 365 rounds. <laughs> All right, I'm going to put a limit on it. It yeah. can't be more than three weeks long. <laughs> That's the limit. <laughs> That's your uh, limit. Yeah, you, well. you can't just eliminate. You can't just eliminate more than a few. You're the PGA Tour commissioner. You have you know obligations to sponsors and stuff like that. You you can't just wipe more okay, than two okay, events you know off the PGA Tour calendar. Fair enough. I've I've got a bit of a modification. Okay, this might be cool. And there's no tournament like this. Exactly. This is just like you know when lawyers are sitting in the law office and they're bouncing ideas off each other to come up with the ultimate solution. That's what we're doing right here on what, the air. The ultimate solution. It's the a, ultimate solution. Uh, that's a creepy phrase. Uh, <laughs> it would uh, a cool thing might be a modification of the amateur U.S. amateur uh, format, which obviously starts with stroke play. Okay. For uh, in that case, thirty-six holes, and then. There's 64 qualifiers for a match play bracket, and there's no reseeding, I don't think. So that's how it okay. works for that. It's just a pure pure bracket from that point. Yeah. I think a cool way to do it would be for a big, you know, an epic tournament, a mm-hmm. tournament of significant magnitude that sure. would have a big, giant payday at the end of it. Well, I'll, I'll come back to my caveat in a minute, but okay. let's say 54 holes of stroke play. And now, now we're talking. I like this. And I, I like where you're going here. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting exotic. 
then you take the top eight and you bracket them. For after the 54 holes, it's just eight. Yes. Mm. Then the next day is 36 holes of the semis and the, you know, but the quarters, the semis. And then the final day is a one-on-one match play. The the I only like, I like this. The only drawback of that, I've got some misgivings. You watch tournaments like the WGC match play that was at Harding Park last year, mm-hmm. and, and it's coming the, up here in two weeks. And the golfers are fucking exhausted at the end of it. But that okay, and the golf suffers. The golf is lesser. Sure, we had some good golf in that tournament. Um, some definitely good matches there, but. The final match, and this is the other problem, when you get a final match, it's not always Tiger Woods and Rocco Mediate going to extra holes right. for the U.S. Open. Sometimes it blows, <laughs> where one player is clearly just has the edge that day, and there's no drama to it. And, you know, that that's more likely to happen than it would be in a stroke play event. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless... I think it would be a good idea. The biggest problem with the match play tournament as it exists now is not so much that it's match play, but that there's so many goddamn seeds. If it were only eight, mm-hmm. it'd be you know like the college football playoff condensed into a two-day stretch. Yeah. I think that could be good. I think it could be good, too. You, you're very much on the same page as I am, and that is, I think that key is, is when I gave it to you before, is that if you're able to take two solid weeks to put on one tournament, you can actually have a tournament that features match play where the guys don't have to be so exhausted because they're ha- being forced to play two matches, two 18-hole matches every day. They wouldn't have to do that. And to have some sort of thing in the, you know where maybe... Um, this is, this is kind of where I was going. Something like a 54-hole stroke play event that also maybe you know one of the rounds or maybe it's 72 holes in the first weekend... Uh, that you know determines the 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 16 people you know the 16 golfers that would go into a bracket for the following week up until the last Sunday where the championship is. Maybe you have two rounds of stroke play and two round two rounds of like Stableford play. Look at that <laughs> Stableford. So, something, or it could just be stroke play. That's fine too. But that would just determine the top 16 seeds that would then go into a st- match play event where they would not have to play more than 18 holes a day. The Round of 16 would just be an 18-hole match, and then would it be quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals? Would each be, or I guess maybe just the semifinals and finals. I'm thinking this thing through right, right on the fly. So maybe just the first, you know, the quarterfinals and round of 16 would be 18-hole matches, and then you'd have 36-hole matches for the semi and championship. Each of them played over two days. So four oh final God, days. This is lasting forever, this tournament. Why? Why not? Why not? Wouldn't it be great okay, if tennis can have a great tournament that lasts for three weeks? Golf is just as awesome, and they could do it. Couldn't? Couldn't they? Well, you make a you make a fair comparison, I guess, with tennis. Yeah, they take forever to play those things, and that's pure match play. Now, granted, for theirs, it's the matches one... are shorter though, and there's more in a day. I guess so. Maybe not more in a day. But you know what? The golf is fairly similar. If if there is there. Is match play the best way to play one-on-one with somebody else? No. In, in a competitive way? Not in terms of fairness. Stroke play would be better. Stroke play is the best. So why don't we have some you know, head-to-head stroke play instead of match play coming down where maybe there's... See, that's an interesting format. I've never heard of that. 
That could be really that's fun. That's never been done. That could be really fun. And maybe and maybe that's the solution. Maybe that's what we do to have you know, our signature the only, tournament. The only time that's done is with something like the um, US playoff Open. at the U.S. Open. Yeah. Uh, the the full day playoff, and it used to be at the Open Championship too, but not anymore. But you're right; that's the closest. I I would kind of enjoy a format like that. Yeah, uh, it's even more prone to lopsidedness though than a match play, which is very true. And that, maybe that would be the caution against it. But you know, I think it'd be riveting. I think it'd be fun. I think there needs to be a. What do you think about venue? Let's go back to that question. Okay. What, what so, were you thinking about that? Well, so. It's a matter of where would you, where's somewhere you really want to watch golfers, the best in the world, play, just to see how they would do. Um, if we're being realistic and we're really taking yardages into account, a couple of the first couple ones, obviously, that I would want to see them play are not available because they're they're not going to be playing 6,600 yard golf courses. So Cypress is out, Pine Valley's out, Marion short, but they still played Marion. Um, it's a great golf course because obviously. the golf you know because golf guide is a west coast you know golf company that we cover california oregon and nevada i'm going to just for the sake of this podcast and for the sake of being a chambers a, bay, lo- a local chambers whore, bay it is oh I, I will choose somewhere around here and it would be really fascinating oh my god there's just so there's a lot of good answers. Uh, let me be. I'll say that before anything. It would be really fun to see him down in Monterey play something like, um, you know, Spyglass would be pretty great to watch this kind of a tournament on. Obviously, I would say Pebble, but there's already so much other golf at Pebble that you don't. I, I'd have to choose something else just for the sake of choosing something else. Um, Spyglass would be great. Bandon. Oh sure. Put this thing at Bandon. Put this like a like link style golf out right on the right on top of the fucking ocean. They have two courses that could probably host an event. Now, infrastructure wise, it probably wouldn't work, you know, for the hotels and stuff like that for guests. But at least from a tournament standpoint, the original course at Bandon plays like seventy two or seventy three at sea level with wind, mm-hmm. and then Old McDonald, I think, when you push it way way back and play it like seventy. Two, but they would probably knock it down to a par seventy or par seventy-one. You know what you could do if you had it at a place like Bandon. We're we're talking obviously fantasy, but it you know we were just talking realistic match fantasy. play. You know match stroke play. You know one-on-one yeah, yeah. stroke play. Just, we're, we're trying to come up with what we think would be the most entertaining golf tournament to add to the calendar. What I've always thought would be fun in the abstract, and they they came close to this with the the Pinehurst experiment, mm-hmm. and and the Olympics will be an interesting. Um, version i'm not exactly sure how they're going to structure it but i've always thought it would be interesting to have a men's and a women's event that are kind of parallel Hmm. and if you had it at a place like bandon that has so many courses in theory you could actually accomplish that Mm -hmm. where there's a women's event going on at the same time as a men's event and you kind of you don't necessarily give you know you, you pay attention to the most dramatic things no matter what they are whatever the viewers are the most interested in but it would be a good opportunity to showcase the men's and the women's game at the same time. That would be really great. Yeah, totally. Courses I'd, of different lengths. Now, we'll get back to the women's thing because I actually had a question for you about uh, the ladies on the LPGA Tour as well. But Bandon, just because I have such a soft spot for that fucking place, is probably where I'd lean a little bit. Like I said, somewhere in Monterey could be a really, really great host. Um, 
That's the sound of my beard. Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, man, there's just... Yeah, that's probably where I would have it. I'd probably have it abandoned because it seems like everywhere else that all the big, awesome courses um, that are long enough to host a PGA Tour event are already hosting one. Well, yeah, sure. Is that, is, that, mean, is that weird to say? Most of the best courses in the country are already sought after for events. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, I chose Beth Page. It was the first thing that jumped into my mind. There are a ton of great private clubs that I would have chosen, but almost all of them are already all major hosts as well. Sure. Would have thought of maybe Oakmont or... Uh, you know, Oakland Hills. Maybe, maybe. Oakland Shinnecock. Hills. Really? I, I, I love all the Long Island courses. All the Long... It's, that, it's, it's, I love those courses. I would have chosen National Golf Links of America. Because That's a great every, course too, Everybody obviously. that I hear says it's one of the, the best golf courses in the world, but I just... For some reason, I think it, I don't think it's long enough, but I don't really know. If it was a seven, if it was seven thousand plus yards, then I, that that would be my answer. Is it? That's where I would choose. Who is it? Tillinghast. Who uh, was CB McDonald? McDonald. Okay. Yeah. My God. All those Long Island courses are outstanding. We we're due for a big Wingfoot's big another trip great out one, there. Obviously, we're due for a big trip out there. One yeah. Well, we can't even get on these places. They'll shoot us dead if they see us. You know, hey, we're we're hosts of a very successful golf podcast that You're I think right. they would be honored they honored might, to come and invite us to. Shinnecock uh, might need our stamp of approval to remain relevant. I agree. I All agree, right. and that's why we're here. Yes. So, guys, we'll, we'll be contacting you shortly. Or you know what? Better yet. You contact us. Yeah, you know, get in touch with my my secretary. Yeah, thank you. So, all right, so either National Golf Links of America, if it's long enough, or maybe Abandon or a Beth Page, we want to have a two-week-long event that has like a little bit of... That's your idea. That's my idea. I don't sign on to that. You'd rather just have another... Keep the excitement. Do it straight through. Mm. I just... I'd like to see one tournament... Why can't we just have the exact same format as a U.S. Amateur, at least? A big tournament on the PGA Tour that has that exact same format. The U.S. Amateur is really cool. Yeah. I just think that the U.S. Amateur is a little bit less fair than a tournament needs to be. Hmm. Because it's more match play than stroke play. Match play seems very difficult, though. And it, it, it would certainly... The better player does have the advantage... I have to admit, you know, match play is fun when you're playing, mm-hmm. but it's a little unnerving to me to see people picking up the ball and and all kinds of quirky rules. It's harder to identify with. Yeah, I mean, uh, and stroke play is more fair. It just is. I'd like to see that one-on-one stroke play. That's what I want to see. Yeah, the U.S. Amateur, but instead of match play, one-on-one stroke but play. But meanwhile, stroke play is one-on-one stroke play, like. <laughs> A stroke play tournament is like one-on-one stroke play with 140 people. Mm. So that that kind of is where we're going with that. So what we've come, the final conclusion that we've reached here is that the perfect PGA tournament format, the for, for, <laughs> fornication, the perfect tournament format is what they got going on. They've, al- they've already perfected it. They do it because that's the best format. The Olympics was allowed to choose whatever format it wanted, and they chose 72-hole stroke play. I don't know whether they did that to avoid, you know, getting a little too complicated, proposing it to the Olympic Committee. Sure. That was probably the main reason, but it's also tried and true successful. 
What does it say about all the nerds like us that when the Olympics roll around, there's all these really cool events you only get to watch every four years, and we're just going to be sitting there fucking glued to the screen watching golf? I'll watch the other ones. I'm going to watch the other ones too, but, you know, are you going to watch golf over other events? Of course. Yeah, right? Exactly. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) No, and I might care more about certain Olympic events than golf, but I doubt it. I'm going to be glued to that. Sure. I need Jordan Spieth to win that gold medal. That'd be pretty sweet. So you don't want Bubba to win the gold medal for the U.S. Oh, my God. I, I just got clarification. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Sure. Yeah, you're welcome. I was watching Morning Drive sure. on the Golf Channel the other okay. day, and that fucking show, I love it because even I love- though it's a huge waste of time, <laughs> it comes on really early. So if you happen to... Uh, have, I begrudgingly like that show. If you have severe heartburn or uh, <laughs> some sort of bladder condition and you're up really early... Much earlier. Than Morning you, Drive is there for you. Morning At least Drive on the West is, Coast, it's live programming that you can turn on, and it's and it's not that horrible. So, I'm watching the other day, and one of the pieces they had was an an actually quite informative little piece on the Olympic golf course. Okay. And uh, good old good old Gil. Gil flying Hums. down there to uh, investigate the thing. Sure. Going to check in on his little baby, making sure everything is going well. And it, it, it featured a flyover. Uh, and it, Frank Nobolo was down there, I guess, looking at it. Okay. And uh, there was, there was a, uh, a soft open, so to speak, with a lot of Brazilian professionals. Okay. Meanwhile, it's not a golf country. There aren't a ton of Brazilian professionals right. to go around. But there's certainly excellent, there are people excellent players play, down play there. There are people that play golf that are very, very capable. Sure. And I was looking at the flyovers of the golf course. I had seen pictures before. Mm -hmm. I was a lot more impressed with the way it looked than I was previously. I I don't know what happened. I've seen down there as well. I I don't know what happened uh, in in the interim, but it's going to play new because it's a new course. It's going to have those weird kind of you know immature grasses and soft conditions and all that bullshit. But the layout looked pretty good to me. I have to say. It had kind of a Pinehurst redo slash uh, linksy vibe to it. Uh, not a lot of trees. Some kind of dramatic bunkering, uh, mounding around the greens, interesting sort of chipping areas, that sort of thing. Huh. Uh, I, I was very. It was very American. I mean, American take on Lynx golf. Uh, it has, and this is where it's in Rio de Janeiro. Wow, the Olympic so, course has a very Lynxy. You know, the, oh, I always saw like flyover pictures. The same. That, it's that not you a parklandy. It'll play parkland, no. but it doesn't look like parkland. Right. Yeah. Exactly. A lot, a lot like the new Poppy Hills. Sure. It looks Lynxy, but it still just plays like a parkland course. But yeah, very. I think it's going to be wonderfully exciting golf to watch that that, that tournament's going to be really really good it's for a gold medal i mean yeah, it, absolutely people the, the golfers all you know every golfer would want to win a major before they'd want to win an olympic gold and many of them would rather win a pga tour event than the olympic gold yeah. but 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 <laughs> that was there's a, that was a nice be... little technical malfunction that we kind of just glossed right over but there has to be a lot of pride for these guys in being the only winners of something. Right? Something new, something that obviously has a ton of prestige in the totally. in the athletic world. 
It's like you go up to LeBron James and you shake your gold medal in his face. <laughs> it's like, look, I've got one of these too. <laughs> Most of these golf guys, they've got the same kind of uh, inferiority complex that a lot of like rock stars and politicians, other people who are highly acclaimed, mm-hmm. have against you know basketball players, football players, that kind of thing. It's like the other big dick athletes that kind of get to swing their thing around at everybody and everybody really, really enjoys it where yeah. these guys it, it they don't is, get to be in that same limelight the, the way that those the, the basketball, baseball, football players do. And it's an athletic validation. Mm-hmm. The Olympics is about athleticism. Sure. That's why you have all kind of creepy, weird, boring sports that nobody gives a flying fuck about because they're so impressive and people deserve to be awarded for being good at them. I'm talking about uh wrestling and shit like that that really is nobody cares but it's so hard (laughs) it's so challenging and incredibly hard to be good at it is incredible and wrestling probably is one of the hardest sports on the planet like maybe one of the five hardest sports on the planet agreed and nobody gives a shit about it uh but you get the olympic gold at the end of the day meanwhile most of those guys could just not only just beat the living shit out of you at any given moment, they would just come and hump your face like oh. a gorilla. And hey. they, they would just... I, I've got business cards yeah. if anybody <laughs> needs to know where to, how to find me. <laughs> but regardless, uh, uh, yeah, you say that like it's a bad thing, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, golf, golf, uh. golf deserves to be put on that, on that level. If we have totally. an Olympics that features archery, and an Olympics that features <laughs> curling and other target games, mm-hmm. then there's no reason it shouldn't feature golf. Absolutely. Which is, if anything, you know, we have the decathlon and, and stuff like that, which is incredibly athletically challenging, but there's, there are shooting-based games in the Olympics, yeah. basically, or, or games that feature shooting. Mm-hmm. And what is golf if not a shooting game? It is. It's exactly what it is. Right. It's a skill game. I could not agree more. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And, yeah, that's... Uh, it's good to hear about the course and it's, it's looking good and it, it looks real good. Okay, awesome. Well, staying on the matter of tournaments, I did have somebody ask me this question a couple of weeks ago, and I thought I'd throw it to you because it'll help us transition into the last thing that we'll we'll talk about tonight. And that is somebody was asking, should the LPGA Tour or should the ladies have a Masters tournament at like, Augusta, wherever? Should they have? They have their, the, They they do have a Masters tournament now. It's called the Ladies Masters, right? But it's not. It's not because it doesn't take place in the states, does it? They have the Evian Masters, which is in France. Which is in France. It's a major. It is a major. I mean, um, Masters is just a word. It's a golf. It's a stroke play golf tournament. Do you think the ladies need something? An American? Do they need a a marquee tournament? Similar to the Masters is, is the way for the PGA Tour. Can they still do something like that for the PGA Tour? Like the big American tournament that's not run by the USGA. It would be a good idea, sure. It, we're already up to five majors for, for, the, ladies, for ladies golf. So the PGA, the Open Championship, uh, the let's Craft say, Nabisco, uh, the Evian Masters. And, and the the Open, I think, right? Was the US Open, British Open. Evian. Evian, Kraft, Kraft Nabisco. Nabisco, and uh, there are five. There are five. So do they get rid of the Kraft Nabisco? I don't, I don't know. And I don't do they know. do something big? 
Because the ladies can actually play these short courses that the guys can't go play. I, I've got no idea. You know, it's hard to say. I, I think it's a great idea for there to be some kind of concerted effort to have a big focus on women's golf mm-hmm. at some point in the calendar. Totally. Um, it's one of the few sports where women can be just as compelling as the men. It's true. Um, I think that the best way to do it, if you were starting from scratch, would be to choose a venue. Like, you'd have to get on somewhere like Augusta. You just would. Cyprus. The ladies. Cyprus would appeal to golf fans, but it wouldn't be pop culture hmm. uh, relevant. It's almost too it's old a, school, old people, boys-y. People, don't, people who don't know about golf don't know about it, but everybody knows about Augusta. Everybody knows about the Masters. And especially mm-hmm. given the history of that golf course with excluding women, not from playing the course, but from membership for the longest time, and only recently have women become members at Augusta. Plus, it's the most popular men's tournament in the United States. In the, in the world? Uh, the Open Championship might, I don't know. It's hard to might say. But, bigger. but that would be a cool thing. I know the membership there. Not only is 98% male. I don't know the membership there, so that is very, very cool. You're an insider. Well, we all know about the membership there. <laughs> it's it's 98% men. and I thought you were talking about on a personal basis. I, I apologize. Oh, well, I, I'm getting close. but <laughs> My letter didn't work, so you, you're, you're the best chance we have. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, women have been allowed to play there for years, but obviously they weren't admitted as members until a couple of years ago, and it was Secretary Connie. Rice and uh, another executive, I believe, yeah. of a major corporation. So I'm a dig. I can't remember her name, but yeah. That's, I, I think there, either, might be, there might be three female members I don't members know most now. of the male members. Yeah. Um, in any case. Lynn Swan. <laughs> Lynn. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Lynn, yeah, right, Lynn Swan. That's, that's a good one. So uh, I, think, I think he is a member, by the way. <laughs> he's one of the female members? <laughs> Uh, possibly yes uh so that would be a nice event it, of course it would invite criticism sure you know it's just like okay you're hosting a major women's tournament here to make up for your your past of being discriminatory based on gender and you know they might not want to go down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. and also the main reason that Augusta hasn't hosted other events, and, and every event wants to get on there, uh, prestigious amateur events and this one and that one, the membership just doesn't give a flying fuck about you. No. They want their golf course. There could be 10 rounds played on it uh, by 25 handicappers that weekend, and they don't want to give it up. They, they already are resentful enough that they have to give it up for the Masters for a week. <laughs> and it's more than a week with prep. So uh, that's the challenge. But a great women's event, the, the perfect women's event that I could put together in a perfect world would be an Augusta event around the time. It would n- not necessarily even around the time, but in the spring uh, at Augusta. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I would think that in order to keep them from being just a replica tournament, having it at its own venue like a Cypress or something like that would probably be my preference. I'm a golfer, so I would watch it. I mean, here's the thing. Are casual sports fans just going to watch a women's golf tournament even if it's at Augusta? Well, you know, we have to 
take into account that most sports fans are men and they don't tend to watch women's sports, but mm -hmm. that can be broken through given the right circumstances. Uh, the best women's event for me, usually the ones where they're wearing the least amount of clothes. Not for me. I don't <laughs> but care. those are usually the most successful ones, are they I, not? I like the women's Iditarod, where they're wearing <laughs> big giant parkas. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, for 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 superficial men, that those are the most popular women's events mm -hmm. sometimes. But uh, the most successful women's sports uh, event in popular culture so far in America has been the Women's World Cup. That was back in 1999. That was a giant event mm -hmm. uh it was a great game and the reason mostly that it broke through is because bernie chastain took her no, shirt off it, wrong oh. it was popular okay. before that okay hey Sorry. that happened at the end okay it was because it was for the country and that allowed people to care because they wouldn't care about a club team right. that was doing it you know they just don't so this is america that's on the line yes and I have to admit to that bias myself. When I watch women's sports, I generally care more about the women's sports that are for America. So you're like saying the Olympics, the, the women's, women's Olympics golf and the Olympics might actually be yes, that just as if not more compelling than the men's the men's tournament. The the disparity will be less, and I'm speaking on that because I definitely care about many of the women's Olympic events the same that I care about the men's, sure, even though, you know, we're, we're maybe dealing with in certain sports, a, a skill differential like track and field. Sure. Um, in some sports, the women are better. Like uh, many of the gymnastics events, the women are better at it. Right. Um, so it's not always about that, but I care about the medals. I care about the, the reflection on the country because my athletic prowess is insufficient to win an <laughs> Olympic medal and I need other people to do my dirty work for me. So the, the women's golf in the Olympics is a great uh, opportunity. Sure. And I always love the Solheim Cup. Solheim Cup is very good. It's my favorite women's golf event. So, uh, in, you know, it'd be tough to get a stroke play kind of major event that would compel as much as that. But mm -hmm. the key is to get these figures in the women's game as famous sure then you care about them on their well, private capacity who's the most famous female golfer right now in the world well you know what believe it or not it's still Annika Sorenstam who's been retired that's for wild. a couple of years you really think so huh in terms of if, if you people go around know, to 100 people, people in public and like name a female golfer who you know they'd probably say Annika Sorenstam to tell you the truth you might uh, be right they might even say around these parts. They might even say Nancy Lopez. I mean, I, I go back in the day, but I mean, among golf fans, the most famous, you know, you've got the the players that have been around a long time that are mm -hmm. kind of trailing off, like Julie Inkster and Kari Webb and those kind of players. Mm -hmm. But Lydia Ko certainly among savvy fans is the most famous. But you've got a lot of Stacy Lewis. You've got N B Park. Yeah, N B Park. Shin Shin Fong. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of uh, very happening. Paula Kramer, Morgan Pressel. Paula Kramer is very famous. She's Susan done Patterson, some, you know. Yeah, you're going through the list. So they're all in the Solheim Cup for the most part, the ones that are European and American anyway. Right. Now, did you know that the Bay Area is going to be hosting an LPGA Tour event next month? 
Is it the swinging skirts? The swinging skirts at Lake Merced. Our our mutual friend Chris caddied for Brittany Lincecum, I believe, in that event, oh, in a practice very, round. Very cool. So Very, very cool. Well, I know Lydia Ko is the defending champion, and I have to ask you this question. Lydia Ko is like 18 years old, but she's an incredibly, incredibly good golfer. Better than we'll ever be. Of course. And it's not even close. No. If you had a chance to actually sit down with Lydia Ko and ask her three questions, what would you ask Lydia Ko? What what would you be most curious to learn about her? Would it be regarding golf? Would it be regarding something else? Well, she's 18, so... That's what I mean. So you can't... Almost every 18-year-old is boring (laughs) in terms of their personal life. But if they have a skill like she does, then there's something to talk to her about i would i would ask her about golf i would probably ask her you know how far do you should i take my backswing and <laughs> uh you know how do you read the green and uh but i would i would stick to golf questions and she has plenty to tell me about golf pretty much everything to tell me about golf. it would it would mostly focus around golf you, your, it would your questions completely focus around golf well i'm bringing this up because tomorrow is media day and Lydia Ko is hosting a breakfast, or I should say the Swing and Skirts is hosting a breakfast where Lydia Ko will be attending. And the media in the Bay Area will be in attendance and can ask her anything they want. Are you going? Yours truly will be in attendance. You're kidding me. You're so I, media? I, I will. What, do you th- what, what are we doing here? So I will be down there at Lake Merced tomorrow morning at 8.30 in the morning, or 9.30 in the morning perhaps, to uh, engage in media day. And I, you know, I'm trying to think of a couple interesting questions to ask Lydia Ko. I've thought of one, and it's such a cliche, but if nobody else asks it, sure. and she's young, she might not have heard it before, although she's won a million tournaments, so maybe she has, but is it easier or harder to be the defending champion? Does it relieve the pressure, or does it add pressure? Does it make it easier to win, or does it make it harder to win? As the defending champion... Butter her up, defending champion. I mean, you the the champion needs compliments. Every champion needs that. Okay, fair it's enough. It's a good. It's not a bad question. Honestly. I will ask her about that tomorrow. For a player like her, she'll either say it makes no difference because she's such a fucking stud, <laughs> or it makes it easier because there's less pressure. I was thinking about asking her what her favorite Korean food was. Don't do that. Why not? Come on, she's more than her food preferences. She's Korean. Koreans love their food. Just ask her what her favorite food is. <laughs> you know even, that, even that's a, an untoward question. Interesting. So uh, you're saying I should keep it focused mostly on golf? Yeah, you know, keep it keep it very PC. Pretend uh, pretend that the uh, professors from a very liberal university are right there judging you. I might ask her if she could play any golf course in the world that she's never played before. Where would be, be the first place you'd want to go that's play? That's a good question, too. Okay. That's that, that's kind of what I was thinking about asking her because everybody's going to be asking her all these dumbass questions about the tournament and stuff like that. That I'm interested in her answer. Yeah. I, I am, too. I don't, I, know I, she's pl- I don't know if she's played Augusta yet or anything, so who right. knows if she wants to play there or probably And if does. she got to choose her perfect, perfect four ball, who would be the other three golfers? That's good, too. Those two I like. Those two I like very, very much. Well, not to rub it in, but... Uh, after the breakfast, media has to go test out the course as well. So I'll be uh, I'll be out playing Lake Merced tomorrow. 
I wish everybody could see your face right now. I've never played this course before, and I'm fucking stoked. <laughs> it's gonna be so. It's gonna be pouring down rain, and I just don't know if I could care any less. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I would love to bring you with me, but are I, you sure you don't want to let me play Lake Merced and you talk to people about <laughs> methamphetamine use and and child custody legal are you age, sure legal you know the, the legal community needs you tomorrow yeah. I, I apologize but I, I will take lots of pictures and and bring back a full report to you i'm actually i'm sitting on the planning commission tomorrow afternoon <laughs> so i wouldn't be able to join you <laughs> well friday i you know i'm very free this weekend my my better half is out of town and we're so gonna plan our weekend in front of all of you listeners yeah. right right now yeah come join us if you guys are in santa rosa and you want to get a beer and talk about golf Come and join us, please. That would be great. Please do. Awesome. Well, anything else you uh, you want to add here before we we sign off to all these lovely people? I think we did a nice job. It's fine. We had a couple technical difficulties tonight. I you know, we, we it wasn't our fault. We did not spill beer on the machine. I swear to God, we didn't. No, we totally didn't. I I, I don't know what happened. I think it got uh, cut out on us a couple times, but I think I think it might be that my voice is so deep and resonant, so that sultry the that the machine kind of just didn't handle it well. Very very possible very possible so thank you all for listening yeah thanks so much i'll guys. try to tone it down the next time yeah that's all right we love you i love you too we all love you we love you listeners too all of you are beautiful you're all wonderful wonderful humans i meant that but i love you but i love the listeners too and yeah. i love myself yeah <laughs> let's let's end it on that note that was that was really great we love us and we love you thanks everybody we'll see you next week